1: Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is a CBC Podcast.
1: Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Christina, and she has Tourette's. Let's talk about it.
4: Um, all right. Well, this is uh, uh, this is fun. I don't know if you guys know this. You actually, I think you both do now. But uh, our guest today, Christina. First of all, hello, Christina. Thank you for joining us all the way from Hi. Ottawa. Um, Christina is the sister of uh, a guest that we recently had on the show, Alexi. Who was on the mm-hmm. show to talk about uh, his life living with Tourette's? And um, I really like Alexi. It's good guy. Connor, so sweet. Connoisseur of brews and yeah. beers. Yeah, uh, want to go on
0: a brewery cruise with him?
4: Yeah. Um, but Christina, you you're you're hopping on the show today because uh, you also live with Tourette's and OCD, yeah. which which um, which I kind of got some questions about that. Like you know, mm-hmm. th- does Tourette's usually run in the family, kind of thing? But um, but also uh, something that I'm really interested in talking to you about is your experience with uh, I believe I, I could fuck this up ischemic stroke
2: ischemic, is,
4: ischemic is, stroke ischemic stroke um but uh before we get into the stroke shit uh let's <laughs> yeah. talk about the Tourette's let's uh like are okay are you an older sister or younger sister uh
2: the oldest and the shortest
3: <laughs> yeah okay. there are three yeah. of
2: us There are Short three of us try. and my brother's the tallest and the youngest my sister's taller than me by an inch and she makes sure that i don't forget it
1: but. is he tall tall because we were on zoom <laughs> so we couldn't really tell but i feel like he's seen like i've like in, in recollecting you know when you're talking to somebody on zoom and you're like <laughs> you look tall and then he, he's like five two in real life isn't he
2: Oh, yeah, 5'2", plus a fo- foot. Right,
3: okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's tall.
1: That's tall. Yeah, that's pretty that's tall. tall. That's um, pretty tall. Um, so
4: does your, does your other sister um, uh, have Tourette's or OCD as well?
2: Um, we all have a little form of it. It does run in the family, like it is hereditary. Um, mm. But hers isn't as prominent as mine or my brother's, and even there, like, you wouldn't know. So okay. we, we okay. all have it. What about, what about mom and dad? Uh, it comes from my dad's side.
4: Okay. Now, so, I, now yeah. I, I remember when we were talking to Alexi, he never actually got a, a formal diagnosis. Um, <laughs> he was kind of like self-diagnosed. What about you? Have you, have you gone down that road of, of actually getting, uh, you know, having a healthcare professional tell you, okay, yes, indeed, you do have Tourette's or OCD? Uh, yes. I
2: actually got diagnosed when I was 18. Oh. Um, yeah. So it was, it was later, later in life but that's okay. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that I had a diagnosis. My parents noticed twitches and stuff when I was about six, but, um, it was only when I was 18. So I don't know why that's just how it worked out. Mm
0: -hmm. How, How did you end up going about getting that diagnosis at 18?
2: I don't remember. <laughs> it did was you, so long ago.
0: Was it
4: was it your, by your choice or were your parents like, "Hey, sweetheart, we gotta like, we gotta oh, take no, you no, in no. to get this figured out"?
2: You know what? I can't remember. I it, I I want to say it was a bit of both. I remember wanting to get it done, but that was twenty years ago. And now, mm. I, I honestly, I can't remember. I am so sorry. No, <laughs> no
0: that's okay. okay. I, I am curious, though, like in terms of like how it was showing up in your life at that time. Like, what what did your tics look like?
2: So um, I don't have the Hollywood eyes, ticks of swearing and barking. I, I actually, as far as I know, um, most most people who have Tourette's don't have that. Um, mine is more twitches, and especially on my left side for some reason. Um, like I I played piano growing up, and that's a left brain. No, this is my right side. <laughs> it's a right brain thing
3: <laughs> that affects
2: the left side. So it was more my left side and. That's all I know. Um, I'm I'm twitching now. I twitch when I'm stressed. I twitch when I'm excited. But it was, it was, it's mainly muscle twitches and sometimes mm. <coughs> throats, uh, throat twitches, um, but also mimicking twitches. So like if I watch a movie or something mm. and somebody uh, like squenches their nose for some reason, then mm. my body will go, yeah. Oh, crap. Now that's going to be a tick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: wow. You just like pick it up and it's
0: permanent?
2: <laughs> no, well, eh, they last a couple of weeks. They oh, last wow,
0: a couple wow, weeks. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Were were you just saying, did you just say that like, oh <laughs> shit, I thought of the nose scrunch tick and now like right presently in this moment you were like, fuck, I'm gonna start doing that?
2: No, uh, no. I, I get nervous. <laughs> I get a little nervous, but no, in general, it's um I'm I can't control it, but I think it's more just when I see someone do it yeah. versus me.
1: Yeah. I mean, when, when I go to, I feel like if I go to, if I go to like Cape Breton or Newfoundland, I I come back with a, I come back with a, with a bit of a, 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 a language tick.
4: Yeah, totally. <laughs> like- yeah, I mean, th- I mean, this is not, not to like make this sound like I'm in the same boat as you, but, but uh, I can kind of, I can kind of relate it. There was a time in my life where I was doing a play, I was performing in a play and uh, the character that I was playing had an intellectual disability and. Uh. One of the character choices I made with that with that character was to in include like a, a minor tick that he had and oh. um, and this was based off of like some time that I spent at a home for folks living with intellectual disabilities and I, I kind of based it off this one guy that I had befriended there <laughs> and um, when the show was done, like long gone, done, I would catch myself <laughs> like sometimes doing the tick and i 'd be like whoa that was that was really like it, it almost became uh. like uh like just second nature to kind of do it every so often. And when I would catch myself doing it, I was like, that was fucking weird. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> do you, It just kind of sticks with
1: me? Do you know what the, um, like when, when you, and again, I know that you said that you don't, you don't have a, a very like, clear recollection of, of the, of the, the diagnosing process. But mm-hmm. like, when I think about, when I think about myself and uh, like things that, things that I do, like I, I have, um, and I know that you guys know this, like I, I, I have this thing with my wrist and I'll, and I'll click my wrists like that. And i okay. and, mm-hmm. and I'll, and then once I click my wrist, it's like, I've got to go through a process of like, of snapping all of my knuckles. And, and, and that's a process that I kind of need to go through. Like, what is the dip? What is from like the, from like, a, I guess like a diagnosing or like a, a more like clinical aspect of what separates Tourette's from something uh, like a, like a behavior like that. Or I I, like I would, I, I wouldn't call it a tick. I would call it a habit. Um, or even
2: OCD
0: because OCD is more of that. Like, like you start doing one thing and then you start doing that whole yeah. It's like, it's like like
1: involved in like a series that you have to complete. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Cause like treads, treads is more just like (sighs) muscle spasms and it doesn't, some people you've got like, um, like a muscle spasm of, okay, if that, if my pinky spasms, then I have to spasm all of that, but it's more of a, it's not a, a spasm that you purposely do
3: mm-hmm. it just
2: kind of happens i don't know if, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense but then yeah. that would be then you've got the if you if it happens in one finger random spasm i have to do it in all of my fingers that could be more of an ocd thing
3: mm-hmm.
2: <coughs> versus a, a tick or a tread so i wouldn't consider that a tick like like the cracking mm-hmm. knuckles but i i'm not a doctor so like
1: i I found it really interesting when we talked, we talked to somebody, we talked to a family with Tourette's years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of similar to, I guess what, what you were saying with the, um, like seeing somebody on a TV show do something, you know, scrunch their nose and then be feeling like compelled and going like, Oh fuck, I can tell. Oh God, it's going to happen. And they would kind of, they would, they would fuck with each other. Yeah. Like they yeah. would, you know, they, cause they knew, they knew that if they said, you know, don't do this or don't say that, then it would, uh-huh. it would end up manifesting as it. And, and it was kind of like a joke that they played with, that they play with each other, which was like hilarious and cruel. Um, and I, I just find like, it's, I, I find like, the, I just find the mental, the mental aspect of it, of seeing something and then going, Oh, that is embedding itself in, mm-hmm. in what I'm in, 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 and what I'm doing. So like, if you were to, in that example that you gave, Oh no, you, I guess you said it, it would, it, it would kind of last for, it would last for like an, a kind of an undetermined period of time and then fade away. Yeah. Like
2: a, a couple weeks or so, like two or three weeks, it feels like it's going to last forever. What's Ooh. the
0: weirdest movie tick that you've gotten?
2: Uh, like, um, I was watching a movie, I don't know, 15 years ago and somebody was, was moving their head back like that. And then I started doing that. And especially when I was driving, so that would probably be the weirdest one for oh, me because, yeah, it's and it, it really hurts her neck a lot. Yeah. yeah no no I mean,
4: you just did it and I went, ow,
3: yeah. <laughs>
4: you're, you're giving me whiplash. Um, uh, Christina, I'm I, you know, you, you were saying that that these ticks started when you were really young, like six years yep. old and you, and you didn't get diagnosed till you're 18. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about this a number of times on the show about. That age between you know like six and eighteen, where those are pretty formative years of your life, and mm-hmm. um, the, that three or four year period, depending on where you live, in junior high can be a really um, a really big struggle for a lot of people socially, uh, especially when mm-hmm. they're dealing with something whether it be physical or mental. Um, how did how did Tourette's um, kind of and your tics and stuff have an effect on your social life? You know, was what Did you find it harder to fit in or, or did you have like a pretty solid friend group or, or you know, did, did it play any role on the way that you, you went about um, socially uh, being active in, in school when you were younger?
2: Um, well, I, I had a hard time growing up. I, I was teased and wasn't, was not part of the popular group, if you want to call it that. I had my solid friend group more outside of school I'm actually really good friends still with one girl that I grew up with and she's um we went to through school for years and she's still one of my best actually I got together with her the other day (laughs) um but it was it was hard um as a kid when you feel different Mm. and it's not it's not it's you know it's when you're that age, you think, Oh, wow, that I don't want to be near that person. What if that happens to me? I mean, I don't know. I can't, I don't know what they were thinking, but it was tough growing up. I mean, when you're a kid, kids, kids get teased, but mm-hmm. it it was not easy, but I did have my good solid group of friends more so outside mm-hmm. of school.
4: And then when, you know, p- kind of pushing forward in, in the timeline, um, I, again, not leaving it to I, i and and maybe maybe this is an assumption, but I feel like if um if I had Tourette's uh and I had this like you know series of ticks that I was constantly dealing with um like it it seems so distracting to me uh, uh maybe not to you because you live with it all the time, but like I feel like if I was to get Tourette's today i 'd be like wildly distracted all the time because i 'm constantly you know whatever shifting ticking whatever it is uh how does how does Tourette's kind of play a role in your life in terms of, um, in terms of like your, your career or like, or, or trying to like achieve certain goals in life when it comes to like work and stuff like that. Like has Tourette's ever gotten in the way of, of being able to, I guess, accomplish your goals?
2: Um, well, yes and no. I mean, I'm, I'm a high school teacher, so um, I, a lot of students over the years have wanted to ask me, what's wrong?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, and I have no problem talking about it. So one accomplishment <clears throat> that has happened through it is that I'll, I'll have kids. I like say, wow, I didn't realize that I, I have the same kind of twitches. I don't understand why I do them or it gets them to open up more and to speak more Mm. um, and to not make assumptions that that has been a good accomplishment, but other things in my life, I have been dumped because of it, because it's annoying. Mm, And um, that's not easy, especially, you know, like when, like, I'm still looking for someone, Mm -hmm. I'm still looking for, for, for a nice man, but it's, it's hard. Like that part of my life, I've not been able to accomplish. Um, and I feel that that has been, that has made a big role, been a big role in it.
4: Mm-hmm. But so I you don't know. You've literally had past partners tell you that like your tics are annoying and that's why they were mm-hmm. breaking up with you.
2: Yeah. I, there, I was going on, um, I was going on a, a number of dates with, with, uh, with this one guy who just, he's like, he, he had it, he had enough. He was annoyed with the constant, you know, like nudging on him. Because like when I'm, when I'm like, um, like, uh, sitting on the couch, let's say with someone Mm -hmm. and our, our arms are touching, that's what's going to twitch. And he just was like, he had had enough. I'd only gone on a handful of dates with him anyway. I don't even Mm -hmm. remember his name. This is like
3: 12 years ago, (laughs)
2: but I'm like, really? Like,
1: really? Yeah. Just experiences that stand out. I mean, I, I mean, uh, not a, not a, I know this is maybe not the way that you'll look at it or that you have looked at it, but not a bad filter at, at, at least yeah. because like, you know, when like, that's a, you know, uh, that's a bad, that's not the, qu- that's not the quality that you're looking no. for. I, this, maybe
4: this is, maybe this is a little bit, uh, uh, too personal, but one of the things you said earlier was like, I usually tick when I'm, I'm like, um, uh, I think you said when you're like anxious or when you're excited, and the first thing yeah. that came to my mind, I was like, it, do, do, you, "Do do your ticks ramp up when you're like in like a state of arousal? You know, like if you're about to <laughs> if you're about to like make love, like, and you know that that's a that's a form of excitement. Do, do, do the ticks
1: just like? <laughs> <laughs> Should I say that
2: on this podcast? <laughs> you absolutely, can, yeah. Oh my god, you're um, ticking a lot now. <laughs> we're, we're, we are
1: we are um, we are unregulated on uh, on Sick boy and you don't have to yes. answer that if you don't want to. Yeah. No,
2: yeah. Um, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it yeah. does not very much, not very much. But it's also, um, yeah, yeah. The pandemic has gotten in the way of that for two plus years. So I don't, yeah. I can't say in the last number of years, but. Yeah, it it has in the past. Yeah. Totally. Not very much though, not very much.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I um I'm I it really kind of jumped out to me there when you, ju- when you were talking My parents are going to be hearing this by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just all, like a, just all, another couple of intimate <laughs> details about their yeah. daughter. Um I uh what really kind of jumped out to me a few minutes ago was just the about being a being a teacher and 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 just kind of like the like a really a really sort of um um, powerful is in the word, but like empowered, I guess, um, position that I feel like um, you you are in, in in terms of being being somebody who is, um, you know, a leader in the classroom in a time where it seems like, um, you know, insecurities and mental health issues are like really, really, are, are extremely, extremely common. And, you know, stigma surrounding uh, issues that you're dealing with, um, can really feel like really isolating and to just have, Mm -hmm. you know, something like, you know, kind of knowing that the person that is, that is sort of like, you know, guiding and leading you at the front of the classroom is, is, is dealing with, with things as well that, um, you know, maybe don't like maybe make students not feel as, um, as, as isolated, (laughs) like a, like a big thing that we, that we hear all the time is, you know, people people feel really alone when they're in there, when they know mm-hmm. that they deal with something they feel, they can feel really isolated. And one of the most incredible things about this podcast or the online community that they're a part of or so on and so forth is, is that they know that there's somebody out there that's kind of dealing with something similar or has had like similar experiences. Do you, um, do you, and not to say that you need to do this or judgment if you don't, but like, do you, do you ever offer that to, to your, to your students in the sense of like, oh yeah, Jared, just take that, take that phone <laughs> <laughs> um, call. Do you ever offer, do you ever offer that up to, to students? Like at the, when you're, when you begin teaching, is that something that you would say like, Hey, if you notice you know, ABC, it's because I have Tourette syndrome and that, or do you, do you offer that up or is it something that you would, that you would more so wait for somebody to ask if they had a question about it?
2: Um, I, I tend to either wait till somebody has a question or I wait about a month in maybe six weeks because I don't want that to be. And so, sometimes honestly, I don't mention it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but cause I don't want that to be, the, oh, you know, like I want. I don't want to be known as that right. teacher. Yeah. Um. So I, I'd rather it come up organically. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's usually what I what I would do, and and it's totally fine. Like I'll I'll bring it up. Like if uh, if um I know if I notice something in a student, I will bring it up, or I will go to that student directly, or their guidance counselor have in the past, and that's usually how it comes around. How it yeah. comes mm-hmm. about
1: because mm-hmm. I, I mean, God. Being a kid man i mean you, you you mentioned it you know you had a tough time being a kid like what how do you how does like your experience growing up and feeling like you were kind of um, maybe outside of that like center circle um, how does that influence like what you do how does that influence the way that you the way that you teach or the way that you interact with kids
2: well. Excuse me. I grew up teaching piano. I taught piano since I've been 14 for many years, always thought I'd teach like become a teacher who teaches elementary school kids. Um, But I had a conversation with my aunt who um, was also uh, who was also a high school teacher. She's passed away since. But I um, through speaking with her, we both kind of came to the conclusion that I would be better as a high school teacher because of what I could offer and especially the fact that like i i i did have a tough time in high school and and i feel that having become a high school teacher i've a i'm making up for lost time because i can't get that time back but also i'm i'm an advocate i'm a voice um especially for kids who don't feel it that they can bring anything up or speak or do anything if I'm noticing something or if I'm showing them that, yes, you can be brave. I was not like that when I was in high school. So I became a high school teacher on purpose to be an advocate, to make up for that last time. Yeah, that's, and that's to really help cool. help other kids. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm actually teaching at my old high school now. It took me 12 years, but now oh, I'm finally wow. back at my old high school. Yeah. Wow, that, would, I, be, I that would be such a trip. Oh, yeah. And it was funny, like three months ago, my students were like, oh, miss, you went in here. When did you graduate? I'm like, oh, I graduated 2002 Oh crap, this is my twentieth <laughs> anniversary. Like in front of my students, I realized I'm like, oh yeah. my god, I graduated high school twenty years ago. Oh my is god.
1: your like do you have a hallway in the high school that has like <laughs> you yeah. know the past twenty years of of like uh graduate photos? Do you have that? Do you have Yeah, that and law? I've had a
2: couple students be like, "Miss, I saw your picture." I'm like, "What picture?" They're like, "Your graduate picture." I'm like, "Oh, that one, okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all there, and it's, I, really my, and it's it's just it's a hallway a, right by the auditorium.
0: What a trip! <laughs> you, you said um, you said um, in in one way you feel like you're you're making up uh, for lost time. I was saying right before we started recording that I had therapy right before uh, mm. we we started recording this episode, and I was having a similar conversation with my therapist. I'm curious in terms of like, like when you say you're making up for lost time, do you mean, um, your relationship in terms of like your relationship with the high school experience is you're reshaping that? Can you you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Well, excuse me, uh, growing up, I always like, I, I, I come from the most loving family. My parents are married 42 years and like next, next month. And they are like the most amazing role models I have the friends I do have are good solid friends um but when you're when when you're a teenager and you've got you know social issues or you're very shy I I I don't come across it but I was very shy growing up (laughs) but (coughs) I just swallowed my hair (laughs) (laughs) that was <laughs> <laughs> and um and and i and sorry what was your question
3: so i it, got distracted like, by like, my hair
0: like making um you said making up for for lost time you're talking about how your relationships at that time were r- really solid i'm assuming that you're saying maybe maybe talking about your relationships with high school friends oh. maybe were different <laughs>
2: Yeah, like it's I did spend a lot of lunches alone in the library. um, And I just wanted to fit in because I I just I really just wanted to be wanted to be liked and for who I am. And like Mm. this, these are this is my, these are my peers. And I just want to be part of my peers. I want to actually like be, you know, Most musical in the in the yearbook, which I wasn't, you know, and I just I just always thought that people saw right through me. It just felt that way, Mm -hmm. and like even at school dances, not a lot of guys would come to dance with me. And I remember this one guy I had a crush on. I was like, I'm finally gonna ask him to dance. And this other girl knew I had a crush on him, and she belined it to him. I'm like, really. Why? You know, like, it's like this. These are some things I experienced. And and I feel that like I'm I'm a fun teacher. I like to think I'm a fun teacher. I like Mm I'm I like to I like to do fun things. And I I feel that I'm 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 good at what I know I'm good at what I do. But when I was in high school, I wanted to be as far away from it as as I wanted as Mm -hmm. I could. And
0: so it's so interesting, mm-hmm. like the like it sounds like, you know, there's a lot of like traumatic experiences that happened at that school. But now coming back so many years later in this different role, you're like sort of redefining your relationship mm-hmm. with that space. Do you do you yeah. feel like it's it's you, you're making progress at sort of like changing the way that you think and feel about, you know, like even being in that physical mm-hmm. space itself?
2: Oh, yeah. Like. Um, they hired me in February. So I've only been there for one semester, but I'm already noticing a huge difference. Like I'm, I know it sounds silly, but I'm walking down the hallways with confidence. And I didn't do that really when I was in high school. I was just, I'm walking down. I'm like, yeah, this is That's amazing. This is, this is a, this is great. Like who cares about those memories? Totally. I did have good memories. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but
1: yeah you know what's so cruel about high school or like adolescence in general is that even the people that are that are sort of that 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 might not feel like the same way that you did in terms of like the, maybe they were they were you know in the more popular crowd or whatever you want to call it like they are also that's what's so cruel they're also feeling that like they also yeah. feel the like the like i'm not Good enough, or I need to be this, or I need to be that, and like man, I felt that so much in high school, and like if if i had watched if I, if I had maybe watched a like a like a reel of myself, I probably wouldn 't have put myself in that category, but I mm-hmm. certainly sat around thinking like you know, I need to be X, Y, Z so that this person likes me more. We still I'm, do that today. Very, yeah, like we, we do. I mean, much, I mean thank, thank God much less, mm. but like in yeah, high school, for it's some just, of us. In, in high school, yeah, to definitely in high school, it's like, and in junior high, it's like, it's, cr- it's crippling. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it, like it's a, you, you, you just develop this. At least I did a lot is just putting on this, this like <clears throat> facade this like heavy facade of like this is who I want to portray, mm-hmm. and like that 's not that 's not who I am, mm. really ever and like I remember being that age and thinking really the only the only time that I was really myself was with Brian and Dennis, which was, was uh. with you and your brother <clears throat> and like when I went to school or when I went to hockey, a little less at hockey but 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 at school for sure, it was just like you know, had all those, had like, when when I heard you saying all that stuff, I was like, fuck, I felt like that Mm -hmm. so much.
2: Because it's teenagers, they, they, they're as much as they, they want to, to show who they really are. They just want to fit in. Mm. Doesn't matter if you're in the, you know, the quote unquote, the popular group or the quote unquote, not popular group. You just want to fit in, in some way. And teenagers, they're very interesting. And it's, it's been, it's been interesting to observe them, like thinking like, did I do that? Was I like that? Who was like that? I don't remember that. And it's, Mm. it's very, it makes you think a lot. Mm
0: -hmm. It is interesting too thinking about like how the the different, um, like how people's (laughs) mental health, like all the different experiences in terms of your mental health. So like take somebody, for example, who, who lives with um, social anxiety, you know, they're forced to go into a classroom and be there around these groups of people every day oftentimes you know probably put on the spot to answer questions publicly and do all these things so you have like like the, i mean that's one one of the more extreme examples but you have all of these people living these different experiences that you just put together in one room and you're like mm-hmm. fucking figure it out yeah. like yeah. it's out crazy to it is it is a, ju- it is, it is a jungle which like, is it's, which it's, is why yeah. which is why like your
4: job Christine, is so fucking important you totally, know like, yeah. like like that's what that's what makes a good teacher good teachers are the Thank teachers you. that that um you know play like an integral part in those children's lives and say the things that kind of like stick with them that sort of shift their mentality of what it means to live and what it means to be a, per- a good person mm. um you know and 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 you've got the, the teachers that have that ability that do that and they and they they see you know some of these kids where they're struggling and they they know the like the little tidbits of wisdom to give them that even though in that moment maybe they don't take it um, and, and it doesn't like sit right away, but like, you know, five years later, that thing that was said to them sort of like sparks again in their mind and, and their, their life has changed. And like, I can think of a number of teachers that did that for me. And, um, it is, it, that's what sets, you know, good teachers apart from, from <clears throat> teachers that just kind of, and, it, suck and in like high school, in.
1: like you are in high school, I think high school teachers make the biggest tangible, like direct impact on people's lives because yeah. you're like, you're not too far, like you're not as separated in terms of like your, Mm -hmm. your maturity or your like adulthood, like as a kid in high school, you're kind of just on the cusp of adulthood. So Mm you might be looking at a teacher that's like, you know, 30 or 40 and go, wow, like we're not that different. Like we're not that different. I'm seeing how you are. And I feel like I feel a close relationship to you because we're sort of close. You know, whereas when you're in junior high or elementary school, you're like, dude, you're a hundred years old. (laughs) (laughs) We're not the same at all.
4: I, I'd love to kind of dive into, uh, the, the stroke, uh, experience mm-hmm. that you had, mm-hmm. uh, because when we spoke on the phone before recording, uh, you told me a little bit about it and, uh, it is, it is quite <laughs> fascinating. Um, can you take us back to, to March 28th to 2015 when, when this all went down, give us a little bit of a, uh, a sort of rundown on, on what actually happened.
2: So it was a Saturday, um, <laughs> Saturday I want to say about five o'clock in the morning so uh rewind a little bit I was in St. John's Newfoundland uh at MUN at Memorial Uh, I was uh studying my master's degree I was in my at the end of my fifth fifth out of six semesters and I woke up on Saturday March 28th 2015 my my left hand had kind of I guess hit my face as I turned over and it but and it woke me up but it didn't feel like my own hand but I'm like Hold on, I'm alone. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it, it just didn't feel like mine. So you know when you wake up and like maybe your your last two fingers are just like oh, okay, fine. Like they're very numb. And then after like 30 seconds or so, they start to come back. Yeah. So I'm moving my hand and I'm like, okay, hold on. Something's not right. They're not like it's like obviously I'm not moving it very fast, but nothing was coming back. I'm like. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm on the internet looking up, um, hands does not feel like my own. What does this mean? Type things in Google. I'm like, and I couldn't really find anything. So I called whatever them in Ontario, we have this thing called telehealth or telehealth Ontario or whatever it is. And if they have something similar in Newfoundland, I can't remember. So I called it and they're like, uh, we don't know uh, what it is, but do you want us to send an ambulance? I'm like, um, yes. I don't know what's going on with my hand and this is I was I guess it was like 20 or 30 minutes at this point uh until I called them so as I'm waiting for the uh for the ambulance I'm banging on my on my uh roommate's door and she's like what, what, what? <clears throat> like I can't feel my my left hand and now I I feels like I can't feel my left arm she's like oh crap so um the <laughs> shit <laughs> not good (laughs) at the moment at at the moment you're like what like it's like who like your brain just goes on like turbo speed so i'm like i yeah and it was was still snow on the ground the ambulance came i walked the ambulance like i I could walk and everything but i had no sweet clue what it was and the um the uh the guy in the ambulance uh, i was asking questions i guess i must have asked um you know did I have a stroke or whatever he's like no 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 you didn't have a stroke I'm like okay fine no problem get to the hospital it's not very far and they triage me and they're like okay so go sit down in the waiting room and uh we'll call your name I'm like okay so I'm sitting in the waiting room I'm waiting you know and you know uh, and uh I'm still not hearing anything it's about an hour later I'm like okay fine I have to do something maybe it's the musician in me but I had to do something with my hand and now my hand was I could not move my fingers <clears throat> Excuse me. so I went into my purse and got lozenges or coins or whatever i could and put them in my hand and try to grab onto them and move them just to practice moving my fingers but i, I couldn't do it i couldn't even open up my lip gloss it fell to the ground somebody helped me <clears throat> excuse me i'm having a lot of coffee that's why i'm all that's funny okay. <clears throat> um, and and i'm obviously calling my parents at this point it's uh, an hour and a half difference. The half hour is so weird. Um, and it, oh, yeah. <laughs> it really throws you off and yeah. extreme jet lag, funny enough. And is <laughs> yeah. weird. But um, and <clears throat> my parents like, maybe it's Bell's palsy. We don't know. A couple hours have gone by at this point, And there are signs all over the hospital saying, don't ask us when it's your turn. We will tell you. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. Like there are people less sick than me going in. And I understand, you know, people triage, like there's a reason for triaging. Six and a half hours later, I'm oh still God. in the waiting room. Oh, no. Holy fuck. fuck! I'm 31 though, by the way, at this point, I'm 31 years old. And, um, six and a half hours later, I'm still waiting. And they finally call my name. I get brought into a room an hour and a half after that, the doctor finally comes in and says, Whoa. okay, we're going to do some tests. So at this point, what that's, what eight hours. Mm. Um I still didn't know what was happening. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they brought me into this room and they 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 did a what are they called with those big donut they put your head in the donut and oh, whatever and they move uh, it around and make all these weird noises. Yeah I think it was an MRI. And I wait they sent me back to to I can't remember it was either the room or the waiting room. And I don't know, maybe half an hour later. I mean this was a, seven years ago so I can't totally remember all the details. And, uh, they call my name again and they take me down this hallway and the doctor's inf- walking in front of me. She turns around and she asks, are you a smoker? And I immediately knew, I'm like, oh, I had a stroke. I already knew it. <clears throat> I've never smoked a day in my life. I don't do drugs. I don't do anything like that. Um, and, uh, she brought me into the room and she said, we're in 90, like you, you had a stroke. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, she, and I'm like how <laughs> and they're like are you on birth control pills and her saying are you a smoker I, I I think like I put it together two and two at some point a little bit before she said that and I'm like yeah I'm on birth control I've been on birth control for 10 years now that's 10 years too long you shouldn't be on birth control for one or two years as far as I know 10 years I was on it <clears throat> the moment she said that I threw them out. I haven't been on birth control since. Um, it was the scariest moment of my life. I'm like, holy crap. So she was taking like a um uh in trombone, um paper clip, sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know, a paper clip poking me. Can you feel this? Can you feel this? So my cheek was numb, my arm was numb, my thigh was numb, all on my left side. I didn't have that aphasia, like where your where your um skin, your, uh, your sorry, your face droops, yeah. <laughs> nothing I'm like <clears throat> what is going on like this is so scary I think my dad flew in from Ottawa like five seconds later like he was on an airplane nope and so I was it was it was very scary I was in they showed me a um a picture of my brain so like if um so this my entire uh back right side of my brain if you're looking at the at this at the x-ray was completely black like it had died. And I'm like, this is, this is the absolute scariest thing I could ever see. Um, I was in the hospital for four days. Um, I had really nice people around me. Very nice. I had this one nurse who was very annoyed that like, if I asked her stuff, whatever, but (laughs) all in all my experience, there was great. That first shower after four days of not showering was the best shower in the world. But, um, about on my third day, um, 'Cause I was still studying, right? My on the third day, my roommate, I asked her to bring my computer in. So I'm there no access to my left arm, doing my master's work with my right hand on my computer, third day in the hospital. So like, you still like,
0: had no feeling in your I had
2: nothing. In your nothing. Left side. Did they you tell
0: you anything about
1: um like the time like I I I mean one thing I I don't know a ton about uh, strokes, but the thing mm-hmm. that stands out in my memory is the importance <coughs> the importance of 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 uh, of taking a certain medication um, like quickly uh, to avoid right. to avoid like long term damage. Like there's a it, 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 to my I have a friend that had a that had a, a kind of a, ver- a very similar experience to you. Also, she she would have been thirty yeah thirty two thirty three thirty four like, oh, so like the and, same age pretty much and it was a very similar sort of experience. And and one of the one of the concerns was that she lived she lived pretty far outside the city, uh, and yeah. the ambulance took a while for the ambulance to get there before they could administer this 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 medication that they do to try and reverse symptoms or, or ameliorate symptoms. Mm-hmm. What, did they say anything to you about like the time that it took? You know the, the obvi- obviously the triage system sort of failed in this mm-hmm. instance because they obviously didn't triage you correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they had, then you would have not waited even a second. Nope. Um, was that, was anything said about the time that it took to get you sorted out and understand that you had a stroke?
2: I, I don't remember anything being said, because I was in a state of shock. So I don't actually remember anything like that. I just remember, <clears throat> I if I, I don't know, either my dad told me to ask or he asked or somebody asked, because when you have a stroke, So I had an ischemic stroke, which is a blood clot, not a hemorrhage. Um, You're supposed to take some sort of blood thinner Mm. thing like right away to break up all sorts of blood clots wherever they are in your body so that you don't have another stroke. But there's a time to do that. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do that. But I was then told, I think it was because I asked or my dad asked or something, you have to be above a certain age. Okay. And I'm... Way too young for that, so that I don't know if that that's what what you're what you're talking like you're getting at there, but that that was the medication that I couldn't take because I was too young. How oh, long well. did
4: it take for you to get the the like the function back in your your arm and your hand?
2: uh my cheek and my <clears throat> my leg came back pretty quickly um so this is all within a month uh so in the first month um everything came back except for I'd say maybe like my wrist, my palm, but only like my last two or three fingers couldn't, weren't coming back. Uh, those came back um, last. And I still have a little bit of a, of a deficit right in my palm. I can feel about 90, 95% of it. So that's all that's still left to come back. But it took a good like three or four weeks for it. All, we'll say all, to pretty much come back, like 80% of it to come back. Oh, wow. But I was very diligent on my physiotherapy. Uh, plus, I had the stroke team who was helping me. And uh, I and um, also being a pianist, I think, helped as well because I was able to do, like, piano exercises mm. with my fingers to help.
4: <laughs> did it, did, like, does it affect your piano playing today? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. No. Did, did they say anything to you about, like, about risk factors for, like, like recurrence or or anything like that or like or did they was it determined that like the birth control was probably it once you stop Mm -hmm. the birth control you're you're like good to go
2: so yeah so as far as i know it's not hereditary there's like i mean people people are strokes all the time doesn't matter who you are so I don't think it's part of the family, mm. yeah, but they're like 97, 98, 99% sure. Sorry, It is. it was the birth control pills. Um, one thing that could happen, and knock on wood, it doesn't, is um, post-stroke seizure. Mm. So the neurologist that took care of me, he was an epilepsy expert. So he was saying that that's something to just be wary of. So that could happen. Knock on wood, again, it doesn't. But other than that, as long as... My diet is good. My exercise is good. Now it's, I did, um, I became a teetotaler about three years ago, so I don't drink alcohol anymore. But I think if I had, you know, still been drinking, like maybe that could be bad. Like I just have to be careful with medication I take, um, vitamins, food. I have to be careful with how much spinach I eat, funny enough. You know, like it's really? that it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, wow. that's, otherwise it's, I lead a normal life. Pretty
0: much. And, uh, you, you mentioned that it was um, the scariest moment of your life when that happened. Yeah. Um, so when, because I'm trying to imagine if I was in your shoes, like what I know about strokes now, which I'm imagining when it first happened to you, you probably didn't have that much knowledge about, you know, <laughs> a stroke and Not what that all. meant for <laughs> your future. So when they were actually like doing the imaging of your, your brain and, and you were sitting there waiting and, and, you know, they had first mentioned that, that this looks like it could have been a stroke. Um, what was going through your head exactly? And and what sort of questions were you, you asking about, you know, your future at that point?
2: Well, questions that were going, the, the main question I was going through my head was like, oh, am I going to die? Cause mm-hmm. like, I like, I'm, <laughs> I've got so much. I still want to do I'm like, I don't want to die. Am I going to die? Am I going to die? Like, that was the only question also, can I have kids?
3: Mm-hmm. Cause
2: one thing I, I ended up learning is that women who have kids, <clears throat> apparently you can have a po- postpartum stroke
3: mm-hmm.
2: which can, can happen. And me having had one, I am beyond scared to put any kind of hormones in my body, let alone a kid, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's my, those are my main questions. Am I going to die? Can I still have kids? Mm-hmm. And would, it, so.
4: Were those yeah, questions would, answered for you?
2: Um not really um the am I gonna die uh was kind of answered like you just have to be very careful now take Mm. care of yourself and like be smart with your food your exercise you know drink lots of water blah Mm. blah blah with kids um I know that I'm I would be high risk Mm. and I would just have to be very careful and be monitored a lot but um nothing definitive has been answered as to whether I can still have kids. And that frightens me because I want to be a mom so badly.
0: Like thinking about your death. Um, I imagine that that's probably the first time that you really, you know, like thought about like, you know, like, could this be the moment that I die or, or am I going to die? Um, did -hmm. you have any thoughts about like your mortality in that time and like what that meant? Because like the reality is that we're all going to (laughs) die, but like, that is probably the first (laughs) time that you, you've really had to consider what that means. So what, like, what did, what did that mean to you? Did you, did you really have to think about that?
2: Well, it really got me to think that like, I've, there's so much, I still don't haven't done that I want to do. And the pandemic has not helped with wanting to do what I still want to do, but it really got me to think that I probably the luckiest person on earth, not having died from something that could have easily killed me. But, um, I, it's still, it's still, I still think about it because like, it's I. I'd have a seizure at some point, and I live mm. on my own. Like, it, mm-hmm. it really does scare me. Like, mm. really, really scares do, me.
0: Do you feel like that's motivated you to do things that, like, maybe you you would have like not done in the past? You know, to to do these things, like tick these things off of your bucket list.
2: Like, like what?
0: you you're, you're <clears> mentioning <throat> that, like, like that thinking about that has sort of encouraged you to to do different things. But like, like what are those types of things that you? you've been sort of inspired to do now that you've thought about, you know, your time on this planet and how, you know, it might be, it could potentially be shorter than, than living that to, to be of old age, I guess.
2: Well, I, I, um, I definitely, I, I believe I'm going to live a long time. Like, that is something I truly feel I, I am definitely going to, but it really got me. It got me to, like, I, as, as I mentioned before, like, I, I don't drink anymore because I, I know that, mm. that that could make things worse. Who knows?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, that's that's pro- that was the absolute best decision. Desi- sorry, I can't talk right now. The absolute best decision I ever made in my entire life. Do I miss beer? Yes. Do I miss wine? Of course. But <clears throat> for my health, 100%. Mm. I go to the gym regularly. I have the most, I've had the privilege to have the most amazing trainers. Sarah was my first one and Kim is my current trainer. I don't know what I would do without them. Um, And it's really got me to think about uh, what is priority. And I get down, I get sad, I cry. I'm I am actually very emotional person the stroke has made me even more emotional and I'm a very sensitive person but it's got me to think about that it's got me to think about what 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 uh food I put into my body um and I you know my sleep so it's got me to think about that and the pandemic reversed a bit of that because when you live on your own and you've had this happen um my mental health was affected a lot so now I'm slowly trying to work through that again Mm. but uh it's got me to think a lot about that and mm-hmm. I don't regret ever not drinking anymore. Mm. Best decision ever.
1: I think there's a, uh, when you, if, if you, I, I had a baby not that long ago. Um, oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. And, um, and there was a point in uh, my wife's pregnancy, I want to say it was the first trimester. <laughs> I know she was on a low dose aspirin and okay. I, and I, I we also did IVF and so there was like a lot of like there's a lot of like extra things going on and I can't remember now if the low dose aspirin was like to counteract maybe like a clotting risk for uh maybe one of the drugs that she would have been taking um or or if, or if it was just like a general hey you are um entering pregnancy she was over 35 and like once you're over 35 and getting pregnant they just they it's like they kind of slotted they, into that they, high risk category yeah and they just they just treat you differently um and there's like more yeah. monitoring automatically um and 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 also with IVF but um yeah there there i uh, I'm wondering now if that if that low dose aspirin was just like a general like um stroke elevated stroke risk so we Ooh. just we just we just say hey take this mm-hmm. low dose aspirin yeah. just to just to eliminate this uh this like increased risk like stroke risk that yeah. comes with it
2: I, I wouldn't be surprised because it's, that's what they would like. I'm on 81 milligram aspirin, which is the, the blood clot, uh, anti-blood clot or the blood thinner. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it was. Um, and I'm also on cholesterol medication. Cause when you have a stroke, your cholesterol shoots up, mm. which I didn't know before. So my assumption, that's probably it. Especially like if, if you are uh, pregnant, um, you know, Further, further on, you may not be moving as much. I don't know. Like it's mm. who knows there could be many factors, but I, that wouldn't surprise me. Mm.
4: Christina, what would you say is the biggest thing that, um, <laughs> that your, your Tourette's has uh, taken away from you?
2: Confidence.
4: What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you?
2: An appreciation for just people in general, understanding that, um, the perfect quote unquote people out there don't actually exist. Hmm. Um, and that, um, everybody has something, whether it's big or small, but it's got me to appreciate people for who they are.
4: Hmm. Well, Christina, I want to say, uh, thank you for, for taking time out of your schedule to come and, and sit down with us and talk to us about <clears throat> Tourette's, OCD, uh, your experience with a stroke. Um, it's not. It's not often that we get to have a, a sibling of a past guest on the show, so it's been. It's been very fun to get like to get to know your family, uh, at least one little part of it. And uh, who knows, maybe your your, uh, your younger sister will just pop on here for maybe just to I'll just talk to her, complete <laughs> the cycle. Um, this has been really fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. I
2: really appreciate it for you having me on, and thank you for for the chat. I, I really liked it.
4: Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-host by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And, of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.